Hashem promises us, Im if we fulfill Chukhoisai, then he's going to give us all kinds of brachas. On the face of it, it sounds like he's saying, if we fulfill the mitzvahs, we get brachas. But Rashi says, Bechukhoisai doesn't mean mitzvahs. It means that we'll be amelim batoira, that we will engage ourselves with toil in the learning of Torah. The Rebbe will ask a series of questions on what Rashi says, the language that he uses, how exactly he divides it between the commentary on the first Pasuk and on the second Pasuk of the parasha, And then the Rebbe will address what's really bothering Rashi. And that is that it's quite obvious that Torah is already a mitzvah. So what is unique about Bechukhoisai? What different element of learning Torah must have been alluded to over here? It can't just be more quantity of Torah learning. It has to be a deeper quality of Torah learning. And then we're going to ask about the order of events because now it sounds like first the Torah describes learning in depth and then it talks about the more generic. Why is that? And Rashi will explain that it's because we need to know that every type of Torah learning that we do is supposed to bring us to a deeper level of observance. We're also going to test, surely the word chukim is already different to the more generic word mitzvot. So how is it so absolutely clear that Rashi knows it definitely cannot be talking about mitzvot, it must be speaking about Torah. And so we'll distinguish between how the expression mitzvot is used post-matan Torah to how it was used in the time of Avram Avinu. The goal of the Sikha is to teach us the principle of chukim. Chukim comes from the word chakika, which takes a tremendous amount of effort, as in the expression amelim batayra, but it also teaches us that when we learn Torah, there has to be that element of chukim, that it's not just about what we understand, but acknowledging that there's a dimension of Torah, the real essence of Torah, which is completely beyond our understanding. In the beginning of our parasha, Rashi quotes the words from the Pasuk that say, if you will walk in my chukim, or Pirashi explains, you might have thought means simply observing mitzvahs. But look in the next phrase. It says afterwards, and you will observe the mitzvahs. So chukim is not clearly the same as mitzvahs. So therefore, says Rashi, what does teach me? That we should toil in the study of Torah. Where does Rashi base this commentary on? It's from the Medrash we do know that if Rashi does quote a Medrash, it's only because that Medrash is vital to understand the Pshat. Rashi's goal is Pshat, what is the simplest understanding. So therefore, the fact that Rashi Avihah quotes this Midrashic source that Chukim does not mean Chukim, it actually means toiling in Torah, somehow we have to acknowledge that that is critical to the understanding of the simplest meaning of this Pasuk. So that implies that there's something about the Pasuk we would not have understood without this information, and we need to know what that is. Also, this will help us to understand why Rashi gives so much detail. You would have thought means mitzvah observance. So that's already covered mitzvah observance. So therefore, it wouldn't be enough for Rashi just to say, means 
He needed to explain to us why we wouldn't think what is the most obvious thing to think, that it means observing mitzvahs. See, if Rashi had said, means and just that, it would have given us the impression that the direct translation in Pshat of is working to learn Torah. That's not correct. Because the normal translation would refer to mitzvahs, and this is an exception. That's why Rashi first had to say, you might have thought, like in every other place, here means mitzvah observance. The most logical go-to place in a person's mind when you see the word is, we're talking about mitzvahs. So then Rashi has to tell us that's what you would have thought, except that in this same Pasuk it independently describes mitzvahs. Therefore, Muchach, it implies to us here, that clarifies for us that when it says, it's not talking about mitzvah observance because the, the Pasuk has already tackled that. It must be referring to learning Torah. However, there's a series of questions about how Rashi has uh, described this particular commentary. Number one, If Rashi's goal over here is to emphasize that in this passage, in this specific reference, means Torah learning, then he should have Quoted as he did the words in and given us a much simpler explanation. You would have thought these were mitzvahs. But later in the Pasuk, it's already going to say mitzvahs. So mitzvahs are already covered. The Suloi, and that's all he had to say. He didn't have to give us further interpretation, the whole back and forth, and I made him better to say, you would have thought it's mitzvahs. It's not. And as we'll see later on in the Sicha, there is an alternative that Bechukhoisa could have meant. But you know why it's even more difficult to understand? Because Rashi bases his interpretation of the, on the Torah's Kehanim, and he doesn't say the same things as the Torah's Kehanim. But Torah's Kehanim, Rashi, Rashi, we expect to say things in the most succinct way possible. And yet, he adds a word that the Torah's Kohanim doesn't say. The Torah's Kohanim says, you would have thought B'chokhoisa means mitzvahs. And Rashi says, you would have thought that B'chokhoisa means kiyum ha-mitzvahs. Why did Rashi do that? Why did he have to highlight the observance of mitzvahs? Gimel behechach loimasha Rashi bolohat gishgamin yonosef be kiyum ha-mitzvahs. It sounds like the way Rashi's interpreting over here, he's adding another layer to how you should observe mitzvahs. Don't just do the mitzvahs, but do the mitzvahs in this particular specific instance, the learning of Torah, in a way of omol, of toil, of investment of energy. Rashi excludes mitzvahs from being the interpretation of Bechukhoisai. Look, it says, Mitzvoisai. So Bechukhoisai must mean something else. What does it mean? Torah. 
How does Rashi know that it means that you have to toil in Torah? All he needs to tell us is it doesn't mean mitzvahs as you would have thought. Instead, it means Torah. And lastly, Dalet, Rashi is going to already in the next Pasuk, he's going to tell us about mitzvahs. Rashi, sorry, not in the next passage, in the next phrase, when it says, it's mitzvah tishmori, that you should observe the mitzvah, he says, you should engage in Torah study, in order that you can keep the mitzvahs. That seems to contradict what Rashi has said in this interpretation. What does he say in this interpretation? In the first Rashi, he says, means mitzvahs. Finished. Rashi says in the first reference that means keeping mitzvahs. Now he's saying means that what you need to do is you should learn Torah in order to keep the mitzvahs. It seems contradictory. So in order to understand that, let's explain what really seems to bother Rashi here. Learning Torah is one of the 613 mitzvahs. The child learning Chumash for the first time knows that Torah is one of the mitzvahs because every single morning he says, and he says, and he commands us to learn Torah. Ah, so now we know that if does not mean mitzvahs, it also automatically does not mean the mitzvah, the generic mitzvah of learning Torah. Because mitzvah covers all 613 mitzvahs, including the one to learn Torah. We're back to our original question, which is, covers all of the mitzvahs, including limit ha What is the unique instruction of Therefore, Rashi had no option but to say must mean an additional dimension of Torah learning, not just the generic mitzvah of learning Torah, something that in, increases or upgrades your learning of Torah. What does that mean? So, it must be something about Torah learning which we would not have already known from the words So, in other words, it's got to be a part of learning Torah which is incorporated in the mitzvah and then there's got to be a part of learning Torah which, if you don't do it, you're still fulfilling the mitzvah and yet the Torah wants to encourage you to do it as well. And that's alluded to in Bechul Koisai. Bechul Koisai is saying learning Torah beyond the entry-level mitzvah of learning Torah. What is that? So let's think about this. How could it be possible to expect me to add in learning Torah in a way that if I didn't do this addition, my Torah learning would still be fine? What is the adding? If it means to learn more quantity of Torah, like Toysvah Zman Belimidatera, learning extra time, learning five minutes of Torah, learning ten minutes of Torah is the same mitzvah. I'm just doing the mitzvah for a longer period of time, but still the same mitzvah. 
So it's still fit into mitzvoy say tishmer. I have a mitzvah to learn Torah, and I'm now extending that mitzvah for an extra five minutes. It's exactly like tefillin. I have a mitzvah to have tefillin on my arm. If the tefillin is on my arm for five minutes or for ten minutes, it's still the same mitzvah. So surely it's the same principle here. If I learn Torah for five or for ten minutes, it's still the same mitzvah of learning Torah, which falls under the category of mitzvah. So that can't be what is. So what else could I do to uh, upgrade or increase my Torah learning? That's not time. Therefore, Rashi says, we have to conclude that when the Torah says that I should progress with my learning Torah, that's what Teilecho means, right? To progress and to move. It's not just to have more time, but rather, it implies that I have to deepen the quality of the Torah that I'm learning. Which means to toil in Torah learning. And that would not be alluded to or incorporated in the expression of because I would fulfill even if I'm not going to the same depth. Okay, so now we see how Rashi sees it. The Torah uses two phrases, mitzvot sa'tishmoru, incorporates all mitzvahs, including the mitzvah to learn Torah. And chukoi sa'telechu means that I'm taking the Torah learning that I'm doing to a whole new level, that even if I didn't achieve, I would still have the mitzvah. What is that? Deeper level of understanding. However, that just means the psukim don't seem to flow in a logical sequence because first you're talking about the higher grade, which is not required, and then you talk about the entry level, which is generic. That doesn't seem logical. Now we have a question about the order of how the psukim or how the psukim flows. If the latter part of the Pasuk is where we address the idea of learning Torah at a general entry-level kind of approach, then, Think about it. That should have then been the first part. It should have said, Meaning, if you learn Torah on a basic level, and then beyond that you go to a higher level, that would be a logical flow for the Pasuk. Logically, first you learn something on a basic level, and then you go deeper. <coughs> there is no way that you could start learning first in depth <coughs> without, <coughs> without having first learned something in, in simple terms. And therefore Rashi still will have to address the question, why does the Torah begin by speaking about which is the higher, deeper level of learning Torah? And only after that says which includes the entry level way to learn Torah. Let's assume that had meant ordinary Torah learning, not a mailim And if we had assumed that mitzvah just meant generically doing mitzvahs, 
it would make perfect sense that you start with before tells us about the observance of mitzvahs for a very simple reason. Because learning the information is what allows you to fulfill the mitzvahs. Once you know what to do, then you can do them. So that would have been fine if meant ordinary Torah learning. So learn what you have to do and then mitzvahs do them. Everybody knows that in order to fulfill mitzvahs, you have to first learn what that entails. But now that Rashi has explained and proven to us that is not learning the Aleph base of Torah, knowing what you should do, but it's the Amelim, the going into the depth of Torah. Then it becomes quite difficult to say, before you can do a mitzvah, you have to learn Torah in depth. That's not how Judaism operates. Learn what to do and go out and do it. And then afterwards you'll learn more about why we do it and what it represents and so on and so forth. Right? In order for a person to be able to fulfill mitzvahs, you don't have to have the full depth of understanding the eon of Torah. In order to know how to behave as a Jewish person, you could do a relatively superficial study of books like the Shulchan Aruch, and now you know what to do and you go out and do it. There is nothing to suggest that it is required to have this depth of understanding before you could actually learn. So Rashi says that's exactly what the Torah is teaching us over here. Everybody knows that when you learn the basics of Judaism, it has to be to put them into practice. The Chiddush over here is that when you learn the in-depth parts of Torah, that also has to be with a focus to be able to put it into practice. That's why Rashi, in the second Rashi, brings the proof that says that you should learn Torah and observe it in order to do it. That's why Rashi repeats. It's no longer a contradiction. We thought Rashi was contradicting himself because we thought that Rashi was highlighting that is dafka learning and is dafka mitzvahs. But now we see it's not that way. is telling us that in addition to the mitzvah of learning Torah, you have to learn Torah in depth. Now you would think that learning Torah in depth does not have to be oriented towards encouraging you to fulfill. That's what Rashi comes to say in the second Rashi. That the whole purpose of learning Torah at any level always has to be to get me to observe. So now we see that when Rashi used the expression in the second Rashi, on the words he was not contradicting what he had suggested in the first Rashi that refers to mitzvahs. It's not a contradiction to what he said in the first Rashi. Why? Because guess what? Even though Rashi is talking now under the headline of he's still giving us insight into the first part 
תחילה בירש שהסבירש הטבעיס עצמון, שמשמון שתראו המיילים בתורה, in the first רש"י, רש"י explain what the words mean, בחוקוי סייטי לכו means you should be המיילים בתורה. ולאחרי זה, now in the second רש"י, after that, בירש הטעם לכך שנאמר לפני ושמצווה שתשמור לפי שקיים המיילים בתורה, צריך להיות המנס לשמור ולקיים. In the second רש"י, he addresses the question, well, if המיילים בתורה is the interpretation of why is it mentioned first? Says Rashi, I'll tell you why. Because we need to know that even a melim should be for the purpose of being able to fulfill mitzvahs. So what's Rashi told us? Mitzvah refers to all mitzvahs, including the mitzvah to learn Torah. Bechukoi Saitelecho tells me that there's a concept of a melim It is mentioned before Eves Mitzvah Saitelecho to teach me a cardinal principle in Judaism that every bit of learning that I do, even the most deep, involved, sophisticated element of Torah learning, should be Amanas Lasseis, to translate into mitzvah observance. Om no madain sachlavin. However, there's still a very important question that we have to understand, and that is, how does Rashi know that bichukoisai means Torah learning? Maybe there's another way to distinguish between the words bichukoisai and mitzvoisai, and it doesn't have to be Torah versus mitzvahs. It could be two different classes of mitzvahs. When Rashi had to tell us, you, I, I know what you thought. You thought Bechukhoisai means mitzvahs. Well, then that obviously implies that there's a really good reason for us to assume that Bechukhoisai means mitzvahs. And the Rashi says, except if in, in this particular context, Bechukhoisai doesn't mean mitzvahs, it means Torah. But it, it's very clear that Bechukhoisai Terechu logically would be more associated with Torah learning with, with mitzvahs than with Torah learning. We know very well that mitzvahs are divided into three primary categories. Rational mitzvahs, mitzvahs that now have a rational basis once the Torah has explained them, and mitzvahs that are completely super rational. Chukim are a unique class of mitzvahs that are completely beyond any intellect, as Rashi himself had already told us in Parsha Zachary. If Chukim are those super rational mitzvahs, so let's ask this question. Why don't we just simply say, refers to Chukim as throughout the rest of the Torah, Chukim always refers to mitzvahs that are super rational. And when it says mitzvahs, that's referring to the rational mitzvahs. That would have been an easier translation than trying to fit into the idea of Torah learning. Why didn't Rashi just say that? are the Chukim mitzvahs, mitzvahs are the other mitzvahs. So, maybe the easiest way to get rid of this question, which is not going to work, but let's try it, is that So, you'd say, ah, I, I know why. Because just like Bechukhoisai is a specific reference, if Mitzvoisai was only meant to represent logical mitzvahs, then the Torah would have said, Because we know Mishpatim are the logical mitzvahs. 
And we'll prove it if we say, you see, the other places in the Torah where if it wants to be specific and tell us we're dealing with rational mitzvahs, it says mishpotim. So maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's how we know that it's not distinguishing between chukim and mishpatim because it doesn't say mishpatim. It says mitzvoisai, uh, which is a very generic term. So maybe let's not get too bothered by our issue that who says b'chukoisa means amenim b'toyer. Maybe it means chukim. Well, firstly, this suggestion that mitzvoisai is too generic is not a good suggestion. Let's go back all the way to the time of Avram Avinu, and there we will see that the Torah makes a distinction between various kinds of mitzvahs, and look what it says. Because Avram Avinu listened to my voice, Rashi himself interprets the words mitzvoisai there as mishpatim, the rational mitzvahs. So, in our pasuk here, it is just as likely that mitzvoisai could mean the rational mitzvahs. And then bechukoisai would mean the super rational mitzvahs. Why do we have to say bechukoisai means amelim batorah? Let's say that the Torah is distinguishing over here between chukim and mishpatim. As Rashi continues over there in that Rashi, that chukim are those mitzvahs that the people challenge and scoff and say, you know, why do you do these things? They have no logical basis. And not that it's relevant necessarily to our conversation, but just to round it off, he says, Torah Yisai in the plural over there comes to teach us not only the written Torah, but the oral Torah as well. But what's relevant for our conversation is Mikan Muchach, what's clear from here. If the Torah does use the word mitzvahs generically, there we have it clear that there is the possibility if the Torah should use the word mitzvahs juxtaposed against the word chukim, then mitzvahs is supposed to represent rational mitzvahs and chukim, super rational mitzvahs. Let's say the same thing here. means the chukim. means the mishpatim. And why do we have to say it's made in batoyah? Well, the thing is, as we're about to discover, the word mitzvahs has a different connotation before the Torah was given in the time of Avram Avinu to what it means after the Torah was given. Obviously, the word mitzvah or mitzvah in plural implies instructions that Hashem gave. So we're reading a pasuk in the Sefer Vayikra. That's after Matan Torah. So now mitzvahs must mean things that Hashem instructed the Yidden at Matan Torah. But before the Torah was given, many of the mitzvahs that Avram Avinu was committed to don't have the technical um, attribution of tzivoy. So 
So now the mitzvahs that Avraham Avinu did are not technically called mitzvahs because they were not yet instructed. Avraham Avinu kept kol kula before it was given, but wasn't necessarily instructed for the few exceptions. Bris milah, shev mitzvah noyach, so therefore, when it's Avram Avinu's reality, mitzvahs means things that haven't been explicitly instructed, but your mind instructs you to do them. That's why in that context, mitzvah has the same translation as mishpatim, the kind of mitzvah that your mind is telling you you have to do. Hashem hasn't told you yet that you have to do it. You cannot compare that to when we use the word mitzvah after the Torah is given. But when you use the word mitzvah in our pasuk after the Torah was given, Mitzvahs then would be a term that broadly applies to every single instruction that Hashem gave us at Matan Torah, regardless of whether they were rationally based or Eidos testimonials to things that had happened in our history or hooking beyond our mind completely, it doesn't matter. They're all under the same banner of instructions that Hashem had given. It would be quite far-fetched now to say that the word mitzvoisai is an exclusionary term. Mitzvahs and not chukim. In Avram Avinu's time, mitzvahs means somebody told me that I have to do it. If Hashem hasn't told me, who's telling me? My mind tells me. Mishpatim. But after the Torah is given, mitzvahs means Hashem has told me to do it. And that could be any kind of mitzvah chukim included. It would be quite far-fetched to say that we're excluding one kind of mitzvah and using the word mitzvah to only apply to another kind of mitzvah, which is logical. Therefore, we have no choice but to go in line with what Rashi said. means all of the mitzvahs, regardless of whether they have a rational basis or not. So then, I can no longer mean mitzvahs. It has to mean something else. What does it mean? This investment of energy and toil in the learning of Torah. So now we've resolved how Rashi is absolutely clear that means we've explained the order in which it all fits and we've excluded the possibility that Rashi may have thought that the pshat is means chukim. Now we're going to take it all a little deeper and understand the significance of the connection between Amelim, effort in Torah, and the word Bechukhoisai, because it's not immediately apparent. And we're also going to understand the lesson for us about how we should learn Torah. Let's understand everything now from the perspective of Chsidus. The way Rashi builds the case, we only know that Bechukhoisai means Amelim Batoira because of context, not because of the word itself. There's there's nothing that Rashi says that Bechukhoisai means Amelim Batoira. So what is he? That because of the context of the rest of the Pasuk that talks about Mitzvahisai so that's how I know that Bechukhoisai is referring to Torah. 
However, nothing in Torah is just so. And if the words or the word was used to refer to Torah and specifically our mailing by Torah, then you have to say that in the word is a hint at the idea of a mailing by Torah. Because Torah is illuminating. Calling on our Torah the way that Torah is given is that everything is clear and bright and beautiful and precise and, and gives insight into what it's talking about. Which basically means that everything in Torah, specifically Torah, is written in a way that is as clear and as illuminating as possible. If there was nothing in the word that automatically in and of itself linked to learning Torah, the Torah would not have used it. Torah would have used other words. Torah si, learning my Torah, Torah isoi, like we saw by Avraham Abinu, both Torah Shabbat Sav and Torah Shabbat Peh. The fact that the Torah specifically chose to use the word that emphasizes for us that in that word is the emphasis of Amelim Batayra. How? How do you get from to Amelim Batayra? So when we use the word chukim, it's not only because chukim represent those things that are super rational, it's also because the word chok has an implication about how the words are recorded, not written, but engraved, which is really important to understand the power of chukim. So we need to analyze how is it that when I apply the word to something about Torah learning, that it will specifically represent a melem, effort and toil in Torah. So to get there, So let's examine something about how we use the word chukim with regards to mitzvahs, and that will help us to understand how it applies with regards to Torah. Yadua, as we well know, besides the overarching term mitzvoisai, each class or category of mitzvahs has its own name. Eidos are mitzvahs that are testimonials about something that happened. Shabbos testifies that Hashem created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. Tfilin is a testimony to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and so on and so forth. So Eidos, there's a link that I could rationally make between an historical event <coughs> or a miracle and the performance of this mitzvah. Mishpatim mishpatzichri. <clears throat> Mishpatim are the mitzvahs that you could use your own human intellect to judge that this is how you're supposed to behave, even if the Torah had not told it to us. Chukim are divine decrees. 
אין להם כל מוקים בשכל, לא יהיו כמשפוטים ואף לא יהיו כאידס, ועניין אמור גזיר גזר תוכו כחוקקתי. These are mitzvahs that have no rational basis, not automatically rational, and not even after you explain the historical context. They are purely what Hashem has decreed. Lashon HaKodesh is not a language where we just choose words to represent something in an often eskemi. You know, it's like, we needed a word, so we, we're going to choose a label. In Lashon HaKodesh, every single word is absolutely precise. So every single name of every single item, concept, person, era, is an insight into the essence of that thing. The fact that those super-rational mitzvahs are named chukim, and because the word chukim is also directly related, as the Al-Tarebbe explains, to the word chakika engraving, you have no choice but to conclude that there is a fundamental link between the idea of engraving and the idea of doing a mitzvah because Hashem said so. What's the connection? One of the big differences between writing and etching is how much effort it takes. Writing is easier, far easier than trying to etch something into stone. Even though generally in Torah we say that writing is a lot more permanent and a lot more of an action than speaking, which is almost effortless. But I think everybody will agree that etching something is a much greater effort than writing it. That's why when you have a mitzvah which is super rational, we call it chukim, aligned with and associated with this word chakika, to engrave. Why? Everybody knows this from our own experience. To do something which doesn't make sense to you. And especially to do something which goes against your sensibility takes way more effort than doing something that you can digest and, and, and appreciate and relate to. So it's much harder, it's much more work to fulfill chukim than to fulfill mishpatim. So if that's what b'chukhoisai means, something which requires tremendous work, and now I'm applying that work, that word to Torah. So then I have to say that the meaning of the word has to be work. If Chukim are the mitzvahs that I have to work hard at, then in relation to Torah must mean the, uh, the learning of Torah, which I need to work hard at. I made him by Torah. And when a person does exactly that, works really hard to understand the depth of Torah, then that will engrave the words of Torah into the person's heart. 
Even if the person has a heart of stone. If the person works hard at learning Torah, if a person works hard at learning Torah, like the famous story of Rabbi Akiva, the water eventually bores through the stone. The Torah eventually bores through the heart of stone that a person has. So chakika has both meanings now. Chakika means it's a lot of effort, and chakika means it actually becomes part of you. Learning Torah, bichol koisa, mailing by Torah means bichol koisa becomes part of you. One more very important lesson that we have to know, and that is because every single thing in Torah is absolutely precise. Because we see that the Torah calls the effort of learning Torah Chuka, being the word we use to refer to super rational mitzvahs. That tells us something else. The reason why the effort of learning Torah is called Chukka is not not only because it's a lot of hard work, it's because Amal Torah links me to the idea of higher than Seichel. Meaning, even though we know that in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Limit HaTorah, when you're learning the oral Torah Shabal Peh, you have to understand what you're learning. And if a person is going to learn a piece of Torah that they don't understand, they would not be allowed to say Bricha Satorah in the morning beforehand. So even though, what does that tell you? That the toil of Torah is an intellectual pursuit where it's core that you understand what you're talking about. But it's critically important for us to know that the toil of Torah learning is linked to the part of Torah that is beyond Seichel. Even though the process requires Seichel, it requires me pushing and stretching my mind to the ultimate, still it links to the part of me that is beyond Seichel. In fact, it's dafka when I fulfill the parts of Torah that are super rational. That is an expression of the fact that I toiled in Torah. How so? In two ways. Toiling in Torah means that I push myself to learn more than my rational mind believes I need to learn. If I'm only learning as much as it makes sense for me to learn, then that's not really Amal. So Amal Torah means that I'm learning beyond what I think I should be learning. So I'm already touching the Maidim in Haseichel Chukah. When you really, really work to understand an Indian in Torah, one of the things that you learn is what you don't know. Now that you've applied yourself, now that you've dug so deeply, that's when you begin to experience the greatness of Torah, the Ein Sophios of Torah. The fact that it's completely beyond human seichel. As the famous expression goes, that the ultimate knowledge is to know that you cannot know. Just as that saying is specifically about Hashem, the more you learn about Hashem, the more you realize you don't know and can never know Hashem. The same principle applies to Torah. Why? Because Torah is not just Hashem's wisdom, it is one with Hashem, like the Rambam says. 
וממילא כשם שהם יכולים לשום שכל נבל להשיג בירוי, כך אין יכול להשיג חוכמוסוי. And therefore, in the same way as no limited finite mind, especially not the human mind, can ever comprehend our Creator, nor can we comprehend His intellect. As the Pasuk says that His wisdom is hidden from every eye. So therefore, if a person ever reaches the point where they think they have mastered Torah, that tells you the person hasn't worked hard enough. So the work, the toil in Torah, is in fact the union of Chukah, both in terms of how it happens, I'm learning in an irrational way, and what it achieves. I recognize the super rational truth of Torah. As the free Rebbe used to say, that even the parts of Torah that are understandable should be as, in other words, we should relate to them and appreciate that they're completely beyond our seichel. Yeah, they Ebishter allowed us an understanding, but the real element, the real truth, the essence of Torah, completely beyond. Now we understand how the word could apply to learning Torah, any part of Torah, not only Chukim. Even when we learn the so-called logical parts of Torah. Because the ultimate goal of Torah learning is to reach a point where we acknowledge and understand that that which we are able to understand is not the essence, not the power, not the full story. There is infinitely more to Torah than what we will ever understand. And when we open ourselves up to that, that opens a gateway for Torah for the Torah that Mashiach will teach us, which will be a whole dimension of Torah we could never have imagined, should happen, take her from Yad Mamish.